Can't Wait for Christmas is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Check out all the shows on the network at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? No, sorry, not yet. I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's November 25th, 2020, and that means there's just one month left until Christmas. Today on the show, we'll talk about shopping locally at Christmas and how we can all support small businesses this year. We'll also do a countdown of the top five Christmas stories that the Muppets need to adapt, send you to a Christmas market without leaving your house, and you'll hear things get really exciting in the second-to-last chapter of our made-for-podcast Christmas movie, A Bomb for Christmas. Okay, let's start the show! Welcome, Yule Believers! It is I, Tim Babb, reporting once again from the Christmas Cave. Though the Christmas Cave is a bit less festive right now because all of my lights are up and on the house. And I know we've heard a lot about self-care with this crazy year. Well, I discovered mine. It was late at night, I had my earbuds on, and I was putting up the Christmas lights. Let me tell you, I was unprepared for how much joy such a simple activity could bring. Just bumping some Andy Williams and putting up the decorations really lifted a weight off of me somehow. I almost want to take them down just to put them back up again. But since we've made it to late November, it's not very hard to get a little Christmas in your life. That doesn't change the fact that I need a little Christmas now. We need a So this Christmas Now tip is all about the now, because this is only happening for a few more days. It's the world's biggest virtual Christmas market. I really regret not having mentioned this on last month's show, because it started November 14th, but it goes until the 28th. One of the most popular activities of the holiday season is visiting a traditional Christmas market, either locally or while on vacation. This has become an annual tradition for many. Sadly, this year, most markets and fairs have been postponed. Fortunately, two of the most popular online Christmas communities, ChristmasCrazy and AllThingsChristmas.com, have brought the traditional Christmas market online and right into your home. We're talking live music and events, like Carol tree lighting, and chorus performances. Also, daily recipes featuring culinary traditions from around the world. And of course, all different kinds of vendors, like clothing, toys, games, jewelry, and so much more. You can check it out at christmasmarket2020.com. And if you downloaded this after November 28th, don't worry. You can still go through and see all the vendors and the videos of the live entertainment on their Facebook page. Of course, I'll put the link in the show notes, but again, it's christmasmarket2020.com. Check them out, won't you? And now it's time for our countdown feature, Five Golden Things. Every November, I find an excuse to talk about the Muppets on this show. It's a tradition we've come to call Muppetvember. The Muppets have created so much Christmas goodness over the years that I may never run out of things to talk about. But I have to admit, I might be getting greedy. Yes, the Muppets have given us their version of A Christmas Carol. The Sesame Street gang gave us a Gift of the Magi adaptation. Even a dramatic reading of The Night Before Christmas in The Muppet Family Christmas. 
but I want more Muppet versions of classic Christmas content. So this Five Golden Things is a list of things I want the Muppets to adapt. Let's get started with... Number five. It's a Wonderful Life. This one seems the most obvious to me. You have Kermit taking on the role of George Bailey. For some reason, Kermit feels like the Muppets would be better off without him. So his guardian angel shows up and shows what a world without Kermit would be like. Piggy would be Mary, Scooter would be Uncle Billy, Statler and Waldorf could be the Potter brothers, and of course, they should have Bert and Ernie play Bert and Ernie. Of course, every Muppet production needs a famous human guest star, and the Guardian Angel character is perfect for that. I say we get Tom Hanks to play Clarence. How great would that casting be? Telling me you're not envisioning this in your head and you don't want to see it. The only thing I can't nail down is the title. Maybe it's a Muppetful Life? I don't know. We can workshop that later. Number four. White Christmas. This is one that seems tailor-made to be turned into a Muppet production. Bob and Phil would clearly be played by Kermit and Fozzie. Betty would then obviously be Miss Piggy, but I don't know who would play Judy. I don't know that Fozzie has a canonical love interest. Could be an opportunity for a human guest star. Someone get Anne Hathaway on the phone. Number three. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Not exactly a Christmas classic, but certainly plenty of room to be improved with the Muppets. Gonzo and Rizzo would be the ones who get kidnapped with Santa. Then, the Jim Henson Creature Shop gets to create all new Muppets to be the Martians. We'll spend more time on Earth, where Kermit, Dr. Buns, and Honeydew, and Muppet Labs are trying to get to Mars to rescue Santa. Speaking of Santa, that's the obvious pick for a famous human guest star, and I say, Chris Hemsworth! He's got the comedy chops, and he can just use his fat suit from Avengers Endgame. Number two, Polar Express. This one is most in the spirit of other Muppet adaptations. Everything they've done has been based off not just another movie, but actually another book or work of literature. Your Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Wizard of Oz, even Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas all started off as books. Polar Express is the same. I would say it's probably more famous as a book than a movie, so they wouldn't be beholden to any of the choices they made in the movie. But a train full of Muppets headed to the North Pole sounds like a movie I'd want to see. Maybe Kermit is the conductor trying to hold things together, and of course the live-action person should be the main kid. Maybe do a gender swap and cast Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things and Enola Holmes. Honorable mentions! A Hallmark movie! I think it'd be hilarious to have a Kermit Piggy love story in an exaggerated Hallmarkian fashion. A side love story with Sam Eagle and Janice would be a fun carryover from the Muppets TV show from a few years back. And instead of one human guest star, they should get all the Hallmark regulars to do cameos. Candace Cameron Bure, Lacey Chabert, Danica McKellar, Chad Michael Murray, and of course, can't wait for Christmas podcast, new Twitter BFF, officially Kimberly Sested. If Hallmark and Disney are smart, they would strike some sort of deal and make this happen. But this next one, Disney owns all the rights to, so they could easily make... Number one. Die Hard. Another one that's originally based off a book. And when Disney bought 20th Century Fox, they got the rights to this franchise. So Kermit is trapped in the office building where Piggy is being held hostage with the rest of the party guests. Gonzo is the limo driver. Fozzie is the cop outside on the radio helping out. Sam Eagle is the police chief who keeps insisting on doing things by the book and messing it up. Of course, the human guest star should be the villain. But Alan Rickman left some big shoes to fill. Rather than try and cast an actor of similar gravitas, for comedic effect, they should cast a solid comic actor, someone who can play it so over the top that he's more funny than frightening, and the only man I can think of who can almost out-crazy the Muppets is Jim Carrey. 
put some of the more crazy Muppets on his team, like Crazy Harry, Uncle Deadly, and Bobo the Bear, and you've got a winner. Top it off with Stadler and Waldorf being the two FBI guys who come in and take over at the end. This may be the best idea I've ever had in my life. It's just a shame that it will never see the light of day, except in our imaginations. And that's my list. Any other Christmas adaptations you think the Muppets should do? Let me know in the comments at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. And now, let's move straight to our feature segment. You know, we often talk about going big for Christmas. It only happens once a year, so why not go all out, right? Get another helping of mashed potatoes. Buy an extra strand of Christmas lights. Buy a tree that's one foot taller than last year. Go big! But today... I'd like to encourage you to go small for Christmas. Specifically, I'd like to encourage you to shop small businesses for everything you can this Christmas. As I record this, we are just a few days away from the 10th anniversary of Small Business Saturday. It's a day set aside between Black Friday and Cyber Monday that encourages people to shop local, small businesses. Ironically, it was started by a pretty major corporation, American Express. I think they even have a trademark on the term. Now, don't get shaky. This isn't going to be some anti-corporate screed about the evils of big business. I order from Amazon and make many a Target run myself. But as I was scrolling Facebook the other day, I came upon a post that was a picture of a handwritten note that said, This Christmas, buy local, buy handmade, buy from people you know, buy from self-employed. Remember, the big stores don't do a little jig when they make a sale. Make someone jig this year. When I saw that, I scrapped my planned feature for this month and moved it to December because I totally want to make someone jig this holiday season. And there's no better jig than a Christmas jig. Oh, Shannon, you love to do a Christmas jig! <laughs> okay. Well, getting back to the point, I'm actually not the first to encourage people to shop small businesses during Christmas. You hear PSAs about them all the time. There's that Small Business Saturday thing I was talking about a couple seconds ago. Even politicians are always singing the praises of small businesses, as shown in this clip from the show Last Week Tonight. Small startup businesses like that hold a special place in America's heart, and politicians from across the political spectrum love to talk about how important they are. Small business is the backbone of the American economy. Small businesses are the backbone of this nation's economy. Small businesses are the backbone of our economy. Small businesses are the backbone of Small businesses are the backbone of our economy. Small businesses are the backbone of our economy. Small businesses are the backbone of our economy. It's true. Small businesses are the backbone of our economy is that rare thing that every politician agrees on. So what is it about small businesses that has captured everyone's interest? Well, 99.9% of businesses in the United States are small businesses. They create 1.5 million jobs a year. They are responsible for 64% of all new jobs every year. They are a major part of the global economy. Plus, when you spend your money at a local business, that money stays in your community. And it snowballs. Small businesses are more likely to do business with other small businesses. Plus, with a small business, you have a much more personal relationship. They have a vested interest in making sure their customers are happy. In many cases, this isn't just a job. This is their life's work. But sadly, half of new small businesses fail in the first year. And this year especially has been way tougher on small businesses. 70% of them have had to close due to coronavirus restrictions. Some have been able to reopen in a modified capacity. Some have moved to an online model. But about one in seven had to shut their doors forever. The good news is we can help. Those of us who are lucky enough to be able to work from home can support our friends and neighbors who are struggling to keep their businesses afloat during a global pandemic. 
Fortunately, this is a popular idea. People want to support small businesses. A recent study says 60% of people plan to do the majority of their shopping with local retailers this year. And an even higher percentage do at least plan to do some shopping with local businesses this year. But what people need is ideas on how to go about it. That's where your friends at the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast come in. Our crack research team was successfully able to Google ways to support small businesses this year, and we found an article from Good Housekeeping called Seven Ways to Support Small Businesses This Year. And then we danced a Christmas jig. <laughs> hang on, hang on. We, we should go through the tips first. Oh, good point, Daddy. So, the first tip is to shop online early. Like I mentioned before, many small businesses have moved online or some folks have started an online business. So if you're looking for something this year, take an extra bit of online searching time to see if a small business or if someone near you sells it. The next tip is reach out to your local store. Not everybody was able to make the switch to online this year, so give your local store a call. See if they have delivery options available or if they're open for socially distanced in-person shopping. I love ordering things online, but there's nothing that compares with going out and getting the thing you need that day. Next tip, buy gift cards. I know a few years back I did a feature on this show where I debated physical presents versus gift cards, but this year, I think the number one gift should be gift cards to local shops, restaurants, and whatnot. Two reasons. One, it's a great way to get money to those businesses right now. Two, it'll be great to use these once we've got this virus under control and we can go back out there and fully enjoy our cities and towns. So even if your favorite place isn't open right now, maybe it's an entertainment venue, call them, find out if there's a way you can get a gift card for a future show or performance or whatever, and then give that as a gift this year. Their next tip is to use takeaway services. Now, this applies to local restaurants and bars. I know I love a good breakfast crunch wrap from Taco Bell, but I try to make it a point to switch it up when I order food. That way, I'm spreading the love to all the restaurants around here. I found a new cafe that really appreciated my face mask. So much, they gave me a free iced tea. And in California, we're lucky enough to have good weather longer, so I was able to meet my buddy for lunch at a local German place I'd never been to. And it turns out, schnitzel is delicious. Now, we're all having to miss typical parties and get-togethers this year, maybe you can pick some friends and do a virtual dinner over Zoom or Skype or Facebook or whatever. You both get takeaways separately, delivered to your house from a local place near you, then you set up a video call and you guys can eat and chat about what you're eating. My wife and her friends did a virtual wine tasting the other night from one of our local wineries. They sent each of the ladies a box of widow wine bottles, and they all got in the video call with an expert from the winery who walked them through the tasting process. In these times, you might have to think outside the box, but it can be well worth it. Which leads me to my next tip. Take online classes. By the way, if you're following along with the good housekeeping article I linked in the show notes, you may notice I'm going out of order. That's how I roll, son. I go rogue. Good housekeeping may know how to make a lovely magazine, but they don't know how to do a comedy Christmas podcast. Anyway, online classes. As someone who sees both sides of distance learning on display in his home every day, I know the prospect of more online classes may not sound appealing at first blush. But if your local gym had to close, they might be offering online workouts. If there's a fitness nut in your list this year, maybe you can sign them up for one. Or online crafting classes. Those could be a great gift idea too, because then you could go through the bonus step of getting the supplies they need for the class from a local crafting store, of course, and then you give them the box of supplies and instructions for access Accessing the class as a gift. Now you've supported two local businesses. Another tip is shopping virtual markets. Now, I would like to pretend that this was intentional synergy with my Need a Little Christmas Now tip about Christmas Market 2020 I mentioned at the top of the show, but it really is a coincidence. I truly meant to cover them in the last episode, but the section of their website that talks about their vendors is definitely appropriate here. 
They say, so many small handmade and family-owned businesses usually rely on local fairs and events for their seasonal sales. They may be struggling this holiday season, so do your Christmas shopping at the Virtual Christmas Market 2020 and hashtag shop small. The last tip in my jumbled up list is spread the word. In an ideal world, we would all be able to buy from these businesses or pay for their services, but I understand that's not always possible. But there are other ways to support. Write a positive review online, follow them on social media, and share their posts. Maybe you don't have a use for this particular business right now, but someone in your friends or family might. You can help spread the word, which is exactly what I'd like to do right now. Recently, I put a call out on social media asking people to tell me about their own small businesses or small businesses they especially loved. So I'd like to boost that signal as much as I can with my silly little show. But hopefully, one or more of these businesses is near you or maybe near someone you know. It can't hurt to spread the word. And selfishly, I'm going to start with my favorite small business, Rooster Tea Feathers Comedy Club in Sunnyvale, California. You've probably heard me mention them on the show in the past because it's my favorite comedy club to play. This was actually the first comedy club I ever performed at. It's such a wonderful venue with a great staff, and of course, there are great comics every week. Well, when COVID isn't ruining things, that is. And let's face it, we're all going to want a good laugh when this is over. So don't even wait for them to book me again. Go to Rooster Chief Feathers as soon as they're open again and we can all go enjoy some comedy. Now, let's talk cosplay. Gerard was one of the first people to respond to my call for small businesses, and he told me about an Etsy shop that he and his daughter run called Jasper Silica Cosplay. Gerard designs Star Wars 3D models. For example, Beskar ingots from The Mandalorian, or lightsaber wall mounts and stands, and kyber crystal stands, just to name a few. If you're looking for a Star Wars gift for a family member or that special someone, they have a diverse selection from stocking stuffers to full gifts. Keeping things online, we have another unique online business from Vic, Tunes by Me. See, Vic is a former Disney animator and he started his own company, One Dream Studios. And now he's offering folks a unique opportunity to hang out with their favorite Disney characters in digital or print form. Basically, you send a picture and Vic will paint your favorite character in the photo with you. These have been a huge hit around the world from UK to America. Also, Vic wanted me to let you know that $5 from each sale goes towards the cast members who were let go during this COVID pandemic. They've already donated $100 to a cast member and are hoping to do another giveaway like that for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, Brian, inventor of the Linus Test, had a business he wanted to highlight. He says, There's a local small business up here in Washington that I'd love to boost. Retro Emporium Kent in Kent, Washington. This is owned by people who are absolutely dedicated to preserving your childhood memories from the 80s and 90s and bringing it to you without doing any price gouging. The shop smells like fruit-striped gum. They are constantly updating, rotating stock, and bringing in new vintage nostalgia to display in the most creative ways. You go in one day, and maybe the whole front of the store is dedicated to look like a 90s living room with ducktails playing on the giant vintage CRT TV. No flat screens for them. Next day, maybe they've turned back to a room in a delightful mom-and-pop video rental store. Other days, it might be an arcade. No matter what's up when you visit, it's always an exciting, fun, nostalgic visit full of Ooh, I had one of those and Ooh, I remember that moments. Turning to jewelry now, my cousin Heidi let me know about a small jewelry business in Austin, Texas called Remedy Design Shop. They do amazing handmade and custom resin jewelry and other resin art and accessories. You can order online, or if you're in the central Texas area, visit one of her markets to buy in person. From Texas over to Florida, Rachel let us know about her business, Lofty Pop, over in Sarasota, Florida. Rachel and her husband Ryan design home decor, wall art, ornaments, and mugs. As they put it, their mission is to take the beauty and fun they see in the world and bring it into your heart and home by designing creative decor just for you. 
And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our band leader, Kristen. Not only did she bust out her accordion to make the theme for this podcast, she also has her own Etsy store, Board Teak, where she upcycles vintage Disney artwork into all kinds of things, like necklaces, wallets, earrings, ornaments, coasters, and so much more. I'm going to put links to all of these small businesses in the show notes of this episode. So please go check them out. Follow them on social media. Share them with people you think might be interested. I know there are more small businesses out there, and I'd love to show love to them all if I could. So feel free to leave a comment in our Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Reach out to us on Instagram. I'm happy to share, retreat, and whatever you're supposed to do to share something on Instagram. Let's all do what we can to shop small this Christmas. These are our friends, our neighbors, and this year, let's do our best to make sure they do a little Christmas jig. Oh, I need time for the Christmas jig! <laughs> all right, well, we gotta move on, sir. It is time for the next chapter of our made-for-podcast Christmas movie, A Bomb for Christmas. <laughs> So if this is the first episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast you're listening to this year, first of all, welcome and thank you. But second, you may want to skip ahead about 15, 16 minutes. You see, at the beginning of this year, I had a crazy idea to combine the plots of Die Hard and a Hallmark Christmas movie into a hybrid movie that was somehow neither of those things and both of them at the same time. I asked the listeners to be my cast, and all year we've been telling this story one act at a time. But there have actually been some unexpected twists and turns along the way, so you shouldn't jump in here for the second to last chapter. You can either go back to our April episode and catch up from the beginning, or you can wait till December 10th when I will release the entire story as one episode. Wait, you're gonna do what? Hang on, more about that later. But right now, let's get back to Alana, who has McCringleberry trapped in that hotel room as we resume a bomb for Christmas. Interior, McCringleberry's hotel room day. Alana paces slowly around the room, pointing a gun at the stunned Joe McCringleberry. Whoa! What's with the gun, Alana? The gun is just to make sure I have your complete attention. Now, I know how much you love signing autographs for your fans, so you can sign this for me. Alana slaps a piece of paper down on the hotel desk. Joe reads it quickly. What is this? It's the deed to your ill-gotten restaurant, and you're going to sign it over to me. Why would I do that? Because you don't deserve it. Now sign it. This is crazy. Besides, I couldn't even sign over if I wanted to. I'm only part owner. Not anymore. Bobby got a little early Christmas present. A face full of explosives. There is a knock at the door. Joe, it's me, Bobby. I think you're in danger. You gotta open up. It's not possible. Holly crashes through the window, knocking Alana off her feet. Anything's possible at Christmas. Holly grabs Joe. Come on, we gotta get you out of here. Holly takes Joe to the hotel room door and opens it to find Bobby on the other side. Just as they are all about to leave, a bullet hits the door frame just inches from Joe's head. They all turn to see Alana leveling a gun at them. Don't move, or I assure you the next shot won't miss. Exterior, Port Caldwell, Main Square, day. Hordes of people are crowded in the square. George and Betty are in the middle of the crowd, looking a bit lost. Can't believe how many people there are. I think the vendors are going to be overwhelmed if we don't do something. What can we do? Tell them to go home? They came to see McCringleberry do the tree lighting. 
Maybe we can go early? But it's not dark enough yet. The sun is just barely starting to set. What are we supposed to do with this mob until then? The children! Yes, I know you were looking forward to see the children perform tonight, but we've got bigger problems right now. No, George. The children are the solution to our problem. What do you mean? We get the kids up there, and it will give everyone something to focus on until the tree lighting. There is nothing as pure as a child's love for Christmas. If we put those kids on the stage, they will spread their joy through this whole unruly crowd. You think it'll work? I guarantee it. It's worth a shot. Come on! Betty takes George over to where Patrick, a six-year-old little boy, is standing. Hey, Patrick! Hi, Betty. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Listen, where's the rest of the children's choir? We're all in this area because the teacher said we might be asked to go on before the tree lighting. Can you gather everyone up? Because you are definitely going to go on before the tree lighting. Yay! (laughs) Okay, run along. Patrick runs off to gather up the choir. You really think this will work? Trust me. Interior, McCringleberry's hotel room, day. Alana holds a gun on Holly, Bobby, and Joe. How did you survive the bomb at the festival office? Really? Big suspicious Christmas present in the middle of an otherwise empty room. Didn't think I'd piece that together. Can someone tell me what's going on? I'm taking back what's rightfully mine. Rightfully? There's nothing rightful about any of this. You see, Joe, Alana here used to own a restaurant, a little Russian place not too far from the 14th Precinct, called the Russian Kitchen. I think I went there once. Food was fine. Service was terrible. How dare you? Unfortunately, Alana here has a bit of a gambling problem, specifically sports gambling. More specifically, she has a bad habit of betting against her own home team. Seattle was not supposed to win that game. San Francisco was the better team all season. But then, one 61-yard field goal later, you were out quite a bit of money, weren't you, Alana? I lost everything because of him. Weird how it's his fault. Did he make you place that bet? Did he force you to bet more money than you could afford? But it gets worse. After you had to sell your restaurant, you got slapped with the ultimate insult. The guy who kicked the field goal that made you lose your bet bought the very restaurant you had to sell to pay off your debt. Whoa, what are the odds? Don't tell her. She might try and bet on those odds. Really, Bobby? Now? Sorry, it seemed like we could use a tension breaker. You insult me by slapping your filthy name on my life's work. Your life's work? Come on. I think I waited 45 minutes for a chicken Kiev. Enough! It's weird that it's called the Russian kitchen, because it seemed like everyone in that kitchen was taking their sweet time. So wait, we are doing jokes now? I said enough! I'm not surprised your restaurant failed. I'm warning you! How could you run a successful restaurant? You don't even know that when you hold people at gunpoint, you're supposed to make sure the safety's off. Alana looks at the safety on her gun, realizes it's not off, but it's too late. Holly takes advantage of her momentary loss of focus to tackle her to the ground, knocking the gun out of her hand. Bobby, get Joe out of here. Bobby and Joe run out of the hotel room as Holly and Alana fight. Where's the other bomb? You're barking off the wrong tree, detective. The two resume fighting. Just as it seems, Holly has the upper hand. Alana is able to reach the gun. Holly jumps into the bathroom just as Alana fires two shots that barely miss her. You have prevented nothing. Revenge will still be mine today. Alana pulls out her phone and speaks in the Russian voice. Bobby and Joe are exiting the hotel. Blockade the lobby. Do not let them escape. Wait. Why are you talking in that voice? I am hiding my identity. But I already know who you are. What? I mean, do your goons not know who you are? 
Of course they do. They are my family. We all used to work at the restaurant. Then why the stupid voice? I, I do not have time for this. Exterior, Port Caldwell, Main Square, Sunset. George and Betty stand on the stage with Patrick, Quinn, Kimberly, Brandon, and the rest of the assembled children's choir. The large crowd is bustling through the square. Okay, kids, thanks for getting to the stage so quickly. Is it time for the tree lighting? Not quite yet. We're going to have to have you guys go on a little early. There's sure a lot of people out there. Don't be nervous. You'll be great. Do they even want to hear us right now? Of course they do, Quinn. The whole reason for this festival is to celebrate Christmas. You kids are the personification of the spirit of Christmas. You are exactly what this festival needs right now. In fact, Quinn, I'd like you to do a little something special before you start your first song. Betty gathers the children up in a huddle as George walks up to the microphone. Everyone, can I have your attention, please? The crowd ignores George. Hello, everyone. If... If I could just have your attention for a moment... The crowd continues to ignore George. Betty steps up next to him. I got this. Betty gives a loud whistle. And the crowd instantly snaps to attention. Go ahead. By all means, you got their attention. Let them know why. Me? Absolutely. I know how much this means to you. You're the best one to get them excited about it. Uh, okay. Betty steps up to the mic. Hey, everyone. I know everyone is looking forward to the tree lighting, and that will be coming up very soon. But before that, we have a tradition here in Port Caldwell. Each year, the Rhododendron Elementary School Choir favors us with a performance of Christmas carols. I personally look forward to this every year, perhaps more than anything. If our hearts could make a noise at Christmas, they would sound like the happy voices of children. And to start things off, here's Quinn from Mr. Nordwick's fourth grade class to remind us all of the true meaning of Christmas. Quinn steps out from the choir, opens his Bible, and begins to read. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good world towards men. Merry Christmas, Port Caldwell! George and Betty watch as the children sing and the crowd stops to enjoy. Eventually, the crowd joins in themselves. Betty and George look at each other and smile. George puts his arm around Betty and she rests her head on his shoulder as everyone sings. Exterior, outside the hotel, dusk. 
Elena security agents are circling the hotel, looking somewhat confused. Do you have them? Negative. They haven't come out of the hotel. There's no sign of them down here. Exterior. Hotel rooftop. Dusk. Joe and Bobby are looking over the ledge at the swarm of Alana's goons below. Why did we come up to the roof? Look at all those guys down there. They're all working with Alana. So how are we going to get out of here? Don't worry. We made a call on our way up here. Interior. McCringleberry's hotel room. Dusk. Alana is pacing the room while Holly crouches in the bathroom. Where are they? Hmm. Where could they be? All right. I've let you live long enough. You weren't even part of this. You shouldn't have gotten involved. Holly pops out of the bathroom, gun drawn on Alana. When you tried to kill my husband, you made me part of this. Please. You barely see each other. You clearly don't want to be married anymore. I'm practically doing you a favor. Is that what you think? I've spent more time with him than you have in the last few weeks. You and I are more alike than you think. My husband left me because I was spending so much time at the restaurant. These men don't know that our jobs are what we live for. No, Alana. Our jobs are what we do. Love is what we live for. If there's anything this insane Christmas Eve has shown me, it's how important love is. Maybe I don't spend as much time with my husband as I'd like, but the love is still there. He knows how important my job is to me, just like I know how important the sports bar is to him. The whole reason he's buying your old restaurant is so we can spend more time together. Sooner or later, you have to choose. Either the relationship or the job. If it's true love, they won't make you choose. Well, none of that matters because none of you are leaving this hotel alive. We'll see. The sound of a helicopter can be heard outside. Holly smiles. No! Alana starts to go for the door. Freeze! Alana pauses, looks at Holly, and continues to move towards the door. I'm warning you. This time, Alana smiles. That gun's not loaded, is it? I don't know. Have a look. Holly throws her empty gun at Alana and leaps out the window? Fine. Jump to your death from a four-story window. What do I care? Alana runs out of the hotel room door. The camera pans across the hotel room to the window Holly jumped out of. Suddenly, her hand reaches up from below. Exterior, hotel roof, sunset. Bobby points to the helicopter coming towards them. That's our ride. Interior, helicopter cockpit, sunset. Tracy scans the rooftop while the captain flies. There's Bobby and McCringleberry. I'll have to set it down on the far end of the roof. Not enough room to land closer. I'll get the door. Exterior, hotel roof, sunset. The helicopter sets down on the far end of the roof. Tracy opens the door and motions to Bobby and Joe. Bud, go! That's our cue. Bobby and Joe run for the helicopter. Suddenly, Alana bursts through the door behind them, holding her gun. Not so fast. Bobby and Joe stop and put their hands up. Interior, helicopter cockpit, sunset. What's taking so long? I don't know. They just stopped running. Exterior, hotel roof, sunset. Alana, this is crazy. You haven't seen crazy yet. I think we've seen more than enough crazy for one Christmas. Holly appears in the doorway and tackles Alana to the ground. The gun flies out of her hand and they struggle to get it. Go now. Get out of here. I'll handle the mad Christmas bomber. Bobby and Joe run to the helicopter. Interior helicopter cockpit sunset. Tracy helps Joe and Bobby into the helicopter. Where's Holly? She's fighting with Alana. Exterior hotel roof sunset. Holly and Alana trade punches. Holly sees that the guys have gotten on the helicopter. She waves off Tracy. Go! Go! Interior helicopter cockpit sunset. Get us out of here, Cap. What about Holly? She said to go now. Hold on. Exterior, hotel roof, sunset. The helicopter flies off. No. It's over, Alana. 
Where's the other bomb? You'll find out soon enough. A lot of lunges at Holly. Holly steps out of the way and a lot of stumbles over the edge of the roof. She grabs the edge and is hanging precariously over the side. Holly reaches down. Give me your hand. Alana reaches up, but instead of grabbing Holly's hand, she grabs her leg and pulls it out from under her, knocking Holly off her feet. Now both women are hanging over the side. The wooden ledge begins to crack. What's wrong with you? Maybe I can't win, but you will still lose. Welcome to my world, detective. The ledge breaks away from under Alana's hands and she falls. Ah! Welcome to the Christmas party. So glad you could drop by. Holly starts to climb back onto the roof. I think I know where the bomb is, but I've got to get there before... The ledge begins to crack under Holly's hand. Uh-oh. Interior, mystery location, sunset. Once again, we see the device with the wires and chemicals and a digital timer that is getting very close to zero. The camera pans out to reveal that the device is inside the Christmas tree topper on top of the tree in the Port Caldwell Town Square. End Act 3. Cut to commercial. This section of A Bomb for Christmas featured music from Kevin McLeod and sounds from various sources, all licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. For more information, check the show notes of this episode. Woo! That was a long one, but we had a lot to pack in. Many shout-outs. Thank you to Trish, who does Betty, and who was saddled with the most overly sentimental dialogue, but made it work. Also, thanks to Edward, who played George, whose cat ruined his takes multiple times, so he had to keep starting over. Of course, I gotta say thanks to Mike Westfall and Kristen as Captain and Tracy, respectively, who had to awkwardly shout over a helicopter that was not there when you're recording. It's like early Thanksgiving. I'm giving thanks to Brendan as Bobby, who gets saddled with all the silly quips that I would say if I were in these situations, but he managed to make them way less cheesy when he does it. Uh, Thanks to my buddy Noah as Joe McCringleberry, who, if you go back and listen, is just constantly asking other characters what's going on. And, as they say in the movie business, that is a picture wrap on Emily and Jeffrey as Alana and her Russian voice. Thank you for being so willing to play in our goofy reindeer games. Sadly, we won't be hearing from you again. Or will we? And speaking of Emily, shout out to her for coaching her kids, Penny and Griffin, to play Kimberly and Brandon. Not only that, they had to coordinate singing in a choir when they couldn't hear the other kids. And I know how tough that is, because this time, my boys, James and Michael, got into the action as Patrick and Quinn. One thing I learned during this process, I would not make a good music teacher. Fortunately, my kids are cute, and it makes up for my lack of directing skills. But did you catch that not only does this movie have a Linus moment, it has the Linus moment. So it is officially a Christmas movie. And last but not least, I have to shout out my lovely wife, Danelle, who plays Holly and had to record twice because I forgot to highlight all of her lines the first time around. Thank you to all the cast, and we'll leave you on that literal cliffhanger until next time. But you don't have to wait a whole month. The next episode will feature the full movie, all eight acts, in one easy piece, and it's dropping on December 10th. So keep watching your feed for the epic conclusion of A Bomb for Christmas. And that's our show. Be sure to take advantage of the world's biggest virtual Christmas market before it's over over there at christmasmarket2020.com. Check out our show notes for all the small businesses we mentioned today. And while you're there, share your favorite local and small businesses. Like I said before, we'll be back with the full A Bomb for Christmas from beginning to end on December 10th. But keep watching your feed. There may be a surprise in there before then. Who knows? I don't know. I may I should know. I'm the guy who runs the show. But anyway, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget Small Business Saturday. And until next time, you believers, keep laughing all the way. 
And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2020. Oh. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and email us about it at christmas at tancast.com, we'll send you a free Can't Wait for Christmas sticker. If you'd like to see the show notes or leave a comment on this or any other episodes, you can go to our official website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can grab customizable t-shirts, ornaments, stickers, and all sorts of other Christmas-themed items all year long. We'd love to connect with you on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Can't Wait for Christmas Pod. And on Twitter, we are at Christmas Pod. We Wish You a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band, and this amazing version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the wonderful and talented Christian Nowicki. All other music and sounds used in this episode are the properties of their individual copyright holders, and they are used for purposes of commentary and review. No infringement is intended. Okay, boys, did I forget anything? God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas! Did you just say, yay! <laughs> yay! Candy! Candy! Nope, 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 nothing about candy. <laughs> Can I have you back <laughs> off the mic a little bit? perfect outtake. Yes. Can I have you back off a little bit and then say, yay! Yay! Candy! 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 <laughs> 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 yay! Candy! 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 What have I done? Candy, 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 You're candy. You're from a previous candy, go round on candy, this. Candy, candy. All right, I have a bad feeling this is gonna be one of those with a lot of outtakes because this is the first time I've ever read this out loud. Normally I do a couple run-throughs, but not today, baby. Flying by the seat of our pants, yeah. And I know we've heard a lot about self-care in this crazy year. Well, I discovered... Oh. Well, I discovered mine. It was late at night. I had the earbuds on, and I was just putting up my Christmas lights. Let... Yep, yep, I was right. I'm barely into the first paragraph, and I don't even remember what I'm talking about. Two reasons. One, it's a very... One, it's a great one, 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 one. It's Tim remixed. Local fairs and events for their seasonal sales. Seasonal? That's right, seasonal. It's the ghost of Sean Connery making me have mistakes in my outtakes. That is awful. So I'd like to boost that signal as much as I can with my silly little shit. So I'd like to boost that signal with as so I'd like to boost that signal as much as I can with my silly little shit. So I'd like to <laughs> It is a silly little show. He can't even talk. Lofty Pop over in Sarmosa, Florida. Sara Sarasosa, Florida? Sarah. Oh, 
Florida's about to tell me what's what and what isn't what. And what isn't what is whatever I'm talking about. 